Welcome everybody to the Since 94 podcast. This is JB. This is Gary D. And uh, we got some basketball talk today. Yeah, but just to kind of start it off, I think like like big news and we got to acknowledge it. Uh, yes, yes, yes. David Stern, former commissioner of the NBA, the David Stern has passed away, unfortunately. At age 77. Age 77. It's, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's a really crappy way to start off the show, but like it's, it's, it's really big news because this was like, this was the commissioner that like our generation grew up on. And this was the commissioner that saved the NBA. 30 years he was in the, he was the NBA commissioner. Yeah. Came in, just revamped the entire league, has done so much for basketball outreach, like took the game to China, did a lot of, like not even just China, just internationally, made basketball an international game. Like the, the stuff that, the stuff that David Stern has done for the league and for for basketball players of this generation, fans of like multiple generations is just like it can't be understated. So like, yeah, Magic Johnson tweeted something that like was really like cool and interesting to read for me. He said, when David David Stern was such a history maker, when I announced in 1991 I had HIV, people thought they could get the virus from shaking my hand. When David allowed me to play in the 1992 All-Star Game in Orlando and then play for the Olympic Dream Team, we were able to change the world. So like, he was, he was just a great guy and you know, um, Hate to talk about it, but his one blemish was a lot of fans got upset about the Chris Paul veto thing. But, yeah, that, but, that's, but that's, that wasn't him. Like, let's set the record straight, everybody. Yeah. That wasn't him. The NBA, I mean, so it was the New Orleans Hornets at the time. Yes. And they were owned by the NBA. So technically, they were owned by the whole association. So they wanted the Lakers tried to trade for Chris Paul. And the owners came in and blocked it. It was yeah. the owners. Simple as that. Let's not make it more complicated. It was the owners that blocked it. Still, even either way, even if it was totally him, like, at this point, you you have to be, like, super, like, biased as a fan to even, like, have any animosity towards a guy that really did so much for, like, the, the game in general. He, we wouldn't even have what we have in the NBA right now. I don't know, but for David Stern. So, he did a lot. So, rest in peace. Condolences to his family. This is... It's a... It's a pretty, it's a pretty sad day for the league. Yeah, I think. passed away from a brain hemorrhage, man. Like, which is just super sad. He's been in the hospital for the past couple of weeks, just battling. Um, but yeah, super sad and sad news to hear. There's um, one funny um, video of David Stern that I saw on Reddit, and it, it was made, it with the one with the Jim with Jim Rome. No, uh, okay. I, I actually. Well, you got to tell me about that. But it's it's uh, it says it was from the 2013 NBA draft, and commissioners just generally get booed no matter where they, who they are, like, like in during the drafts. Um, but David Stern was getting booed, and he's notorious for getting booed, especially because the drafts are usually in New York. And uh, as he was getting booed. Uh, he he looked at the crowd and he said something like and he said something like I, I feel like the boo is a sign of as the American sign of respect. <laughs> That's funny. So like he was he was very like he was very like self aware and like a guy that knew what who he was and like the position that he was in and how people looked at him like he was very very aware of like the situation. So yeah, yeah I mean like R.I.P. Man. But uh, what I was gonna say was. Uh... He was doing a, David Stern was doing an interview with Jim Rome on the radio and Jim Rome asked him a question that was just a one ended 
question just to back him up in a corner that there was no really good answer for. And he asked him, was a certain lottery fixed? Yeah. And uh, he kept pressuring him for the answer. And then David Stern was finally said in response have you stopped beating your wife yet <laughs> to jim rome wow and uh man that, that yeah that's so that video resurfaced today but uh david stern was a he was a goon he was a g he was a good guy and um rest in peace you know he's a, he's a commissioner i grew up on and he was the face of pretty much the nba when i was growing up so Man. Yeah, but I think, I think something too. Um, I mean, it's hard to segue out of this, but I think like it's really good to like take the rest of the year and the rest of the new decade now to kind of like celebrate the NBA and for what it's been built up as and what we know it as because of David Stern. Mm-hmm. So, some big news also coming out today. I think it's something that's kind of shocking and weird, but also fun. Is Darren Collison mm-hmm. is. There are rumors that he's considering making a comeback to the NBA just, what, eight months after he said he was not going to be back in the NBA? Eight months after he retired to become a Jehovah's Witness. Which is really strange to me. So, like, yeah, so that's the background is that during the offseason, Darren Collison, veteran player, very good, very good starting guard. He announced his retirement. In, in a time where he could have commanded pretty good money to be a good to be like a starting guard or a backup guard in the league, and basically yeah, because he decided that he wanted to be with family, he he was committing to his faith, and through the week it was the big shock of the offseason. Like wow, he was done. That's it. Now all these it's been eight months later or whatever, he's back and he decided he wants to be a part of the league again. Now. The reports are that he's the two teams at the top of his list that if he would consider a comeback are the Clippers and the Lakers, which I think is a smart move because mm-hmm. both of them need guards. Both team, both teams could use uh, a playmaking, scoring guard. Now, right. the Lakers playmaking guard, you would say is Rondo, I guess. Like, like it's a mix. It's it's a mixed bag between all of the guards. So I guess Rondo but like, Caruso. But the but Darren Collison would come in there and he would be the true playmaking guard that can also score. He would be the guy to be like a he. You could see him as a starting guard, like point guard of that yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. And then if you look at the Clippers, would you would you personally you start Darren Collison over Pat Bev? Oh no, absolutely not. But it would be still. A very good asset to have him off the bench. That's Why not? True. Yeah, I think you can't implement him in right now at this current state because Pat Bev has just shown so much grit, grind. He's hitting threes now, which is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you, I, I would not put Darren Carlson over at Pat Bev in the starting lineup. But if I'm the Lakers, I would think about starting Darren Collison. If they get him. If they get him. But it's it's such a weird situation because this has been said a lot just because of the way the cap situation works with both teams and like what they had to give up to make the teams that they have right now is they don't have a lot of room to improve outside of like signing yeah. like players off the waivers like it's yeah. it's so hard to imagine like because okay so we, let's back up with that a little bit so you have to imagine that the Lakers and the Clippers are kind of strapped for cash. At this point. Well, the Lakers were able to get rid of Boogie's contract because he got hurt. Right. So, well, not get rid of. They were able to 
free up some money. Free up that like three mil or two mil, whatever they owed him. Mm -hmm. They were able to add that to their um, salary cap. Which is really good. Like they, it was since good that they hurt. were able to do that. Yeah. But since he got hurt before the season started. I just don't think, so part of me, this is a problem that I'm seeing with this is that, and I and I mentioned this uh, a show couple week couple weeks ago when you and I were talking about who would, who would more likely make a trade whether it's the Lakers or the Clippers, and I and I still think it would be the Clippers to like make room just because the the assets that they have to move are much easier to move than the Lakers do at this point mm -hmm. because they still have a couple of more they have more one year contracts more guys that they could just move like some role players that are like at the tail end of their deals like it it could work easily for them to make the room to do that plus. If you're the Lakers or the Clippers, is a guard really that much of a priority for you, or are they still both holding out for Andre Iguodala? Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like, I don't. It's a very weird thing because immediately when the first when the news came out, like I like every, a lot of other people reacted like, oh, if one of those teams, if either LA team gets Collison, like they have it in the bag. That's 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 a great pickup. But at the same time, I was thinking like, are, is that their priority though, or do they really just want, or are they still just holding out for Iguodala? So that would I, that would be a question to you then, like if you if you were the Lakers or the Clippers from either from either team's perspective, would you want Collison or Iguodala? Assuming, let, let, let me back up. Assuming that they were worth about the same price and you didn't have to give up a player for them. If uh, Assuming I, you had I, one I, uh, team's like, roster spot open. I think for either team, you're choosing one guy over the other. So I think for the Lakers, you're choosing Iguodala over Collison. Okay. Because you have Avery Bradley, you have Rondo, you have Caruso, mm -hmm. you have a bunch of guards that can play that and then of course you have LeBron who can yeah. handle the ball as well if you're the Clippers you have Paul George and Kawhi like you're kind of set and then you have Mo Harkless you have you have a bunch of other guys Terrence Mann you have a bunch of other guys that you can put there at that forward small forward position you're kind of slim at the point guard because Pat Bev gets hurt you're in desperate situations. Landry Shamit gets hurt. You're in desperate situations again. Right. So I think uh, adding Darren Collison to the Clippers would help, would benefit them, and adding Iguodala to the Lakers would benefit them. I, I kind of agree. Yeah. I mean, personally, I think it would benefit both teams to add Iguodala. And the only reason is, is and like, it's it's sort of this double. It's this weird like double-edged thing where the only reason one team would want to add one of those players is because they want to take it away from the other team. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it would benefit the Lakers to not only just have Iguodala just have him, but that the Clippers won't have him. And then vice versa. The, the Clippers would love to have Iguodala just so the Lakers don't have him. So, it's it's weird. I don't, I, I don't know, like, how I feel about it. Like, like and I, we don't even know, like, how well Derek Collison could even contribute at this point. That's true. Because we really don't know. It's an unknown. We saw Iguodala play. Yeah. In June, so we really just like have no idea. So, and I think both 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 team both Jerry West and and um, and um, Rob Polinka are smart enough to like recognize like the situation, what's going on, even though half the league still thinks that Rob Polinka can't do math. But it's. I, it's such a it's, it's such a weird situation because again the first, when I first heard it I was like oh that's great but then now thinking about it kind of like letting it settle in it's like are they really willing to like 
is either team really willing to mess up their like add mess up team chemistry or add something or take away something for a guy they really don't know how well they could play. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying, but I, real quick, I want to jump into the power rankings but i want to do a little different i want to we of course we can sit here and go down like the top best 10 teams in the league whatever Mm -hmm. but i want to just real quick i want to do the top five from each conference that is going to go far in the playoffs and possibly make it out of their conference okay so let's start with the west my top five lakers clippers um, Mavericks. Okay. Uh, Lakers, Clippers, Mavericks. I'd have to put the Rockets up there. Mm-hmm. Number four. And then number five, I really like Denver. Even though Denver is kind of like... We expected a lot more. I feel like the whole NBA expected a lot more from Denver. Yeah. Um, definitely. But Den- that's definitely my top five. And I think... The Lakers and Clippers, of course, we've all been saying this. This is the Christmas. Now the Clippers have two out of two out of four right now on the Lakers. Most recent win was Christmas Day. But I think it's going to come down to one of those two juggernauts, one of those two powerhouses to make it out the Western Conference. And then for the East, I have Celtics, Bucks, Heat. Okay. Um... Celtics, Bucks, Heat, Sixers, and then the last team I would say would be the Pacers when Oladipo comes back. Yeah, I think the like, and they're playing well without him, honestly. So my top five for each conference is pretty similar to yours. I think the West very similar, not not necessarily in that order. I think the I think that the if if I were to count just pure talent wise, I think that I think that Denver has potential. So they'd be like in my number three. So if I were to go from one to five, it's really weird because the Lakers and Clippers to me are like one A, one B at this point. So like it really depends on who like who's just better. Right. But beneath them, it would be Denver, then Houston, then Dallas. I just feel like Dallas has has weird issues on defense that they still haven't like figured out yet. Mm -hmm. And I don't. I think they can do it. I just don't see them doing it right now. Whereas Denver, they they are similarly young team, but they've had that playoff experience enough for them to like really lock stuff down and like really understand what their roles are, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It just Jokic has not been himself like the last this season basically. And Gary Harris is I don't know what happened to him, but yeah. Gary Harris is just not doing anything this year. But in terms of the East, I think my top I would take Philly out and just put Toronto. Okay. Because I don't have, like, my faith in Philly is just, like, going down. I have no idea what's going on with them. Like, it's really odd to see. If I had to make a bold prediction, I think this is the last time. This might be the last season we see Philly the way it is as we know it. Why is that? Because. What what, what piece or what what do you think falls off that train? As in, I I think if, if, if the season goes down the toilet in like an embar- like in a in Oklahoma City Thunder the way they did last year. Like just getting like just getting knocked off by Portland the way they did, like that kind of thing. Like let's say they lose like a like a four uh, they lose in five games the first round. Right? Or they in like in a really embarrassing way. 
I can see that, that being the final straw and just being like, all right, we're going to trade one of Embiid and, or Simmons and just and build, rebuild on top of one or the other. I would, I would, if I had to like make a hot take, quote unquote, or a bold prediction, I mean, like, because the way that they're playing right now, yeah, they're winning games, but they're winning unconvincingly to me. And they're not like in, in, in an Eastern, Con- they're in the Eastern Conference and they're currently in sixth place. Mm hmm. For a team that during the offseason, whenever they made the moves that they made, I'm like, wow, that's a team that I think is going to wreck. Like, it's going to be Milwaukee and them. So, like, they underachieved. The Celtics overachieved, mm-hmm. like, incredibly. Like, the two teams I feel like that overachieved this season from the East is definitely the Celtics. They overachieved like crazy. Like, I didn't... The Heat kind of also overachieved, but, like, not... Not in the same way that the Celtics did. Like, I didn't think the Celtics were going to be, like, the second seed. Well, yeah, they're all playing well together. So, yeah, the big guy who's playing insane is Jalen Brown. Jalen yeah. Brown's having a great year. He's, like, they've, like, it just, it like, kudos to, like, Danny Ainge, mm-hmm. like, honestly. And I hate the Celtics, but... Mm-hmm. I have, you have to give credit where credit's due. Like, he's pretty good at drafting. Like He's very good at drafting. And like, he's very good at knowing when to get rid of players and when to acquire assets. Yeah. Like, it, everyone wrecked him for what he did to Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. But, yeah. like, it turned out to be better. Like, look where they are. Look where Brooklyn is at this point. Yeah. He, like, now yeah. have the Celtics achieved, like, grand master status of, like, being back to where they used to be? No, but they've been solid. And, and if you have to give credit to a franchise for being just good enough, then... The Celtics have clearly done it. And then my overachieving team for the West, that's Dallas. Like, I, I'm not saying that I didn't think they were going to be good. I just didn't think they were going to be better than Utah. Dallas. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's... Like, Doncic is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Like... Defensive issues aside, he's just great. Like he, he's the, the like, he, he's the best offensive player like that I've seen since probably LeBron. He, like he, he is going to be. Let me the, refer, let me rephrase that real quickly. I'm sorry for people jump down my throat. He's the best player. He's the best offensive player I've seen at that age since LeBron. Right. So just to be clear about that, as a 20 year old, there's there's been a guy as good as him. On the floor since like LeBron's year, like year twenty. Uh, but what I was gonna say about Doncic, he is going to be, he he is secretly changing the league, and not by just like him coming onto the scene. I think the league is going to be a lot more diverse hmm. in fifteen years. Okay. Because all these kids. In foreign countries, watching Doncic hoop at the age he's hooping in, and coming from a Euroleague professional system, and at at a young age, and then making it to the NBA, I feel like that's gonna start being the trend. I feel like even even high school players might be like, screw college, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go overseas and play. And yeah. Kids who are already overseas, they're gonna train, 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 just like how there's soccer academies from when you're a youth all the way up to your teen years, and they're training every day, playing soccer in the in their academies just to become a pro. It's gonna be like that, but for basketball and more intense. Uh, so I think Doncic is is changing the league how it is, and yeah. I, He's killing it, and the Mavs are killing it. I did not expect the Mavs to be this high. I, I I thought it was top three would be Lakers, Clippers, Rockets, 
my top three is Lakers, Clippers, Mavs. That's, I mean, I still think the Rockets are really good just based on pure talent. But the thing, the weird thing about the Rockets is now there's been like crazy reports saying that they're thinking about trading Russell Westbrook. I don't believe it only because that's just Daryl Morey being Daryl Morey. Like, I'm, I'm sure he shops every player that he has consistently. You know what I mean? Like, he yeah. just does it just because he's like, he doesn't care. Well, here's a question for you I want to ask. I, I named my overachieving teams. Who do you think, like, I would ask you who do you think your overachieving teams are and also your underachieving teams? My overachieving teams, oh man, hmm. Over overachieving teams, I would say would be the Thunder. Really? Yeah. You know, yeah, I can kind of see that. Yeah. Because I didn't, you know. So the Thunder right now are seventh. And I kind of expected them to be more around 11th, like out of playoffs or 7th in the West. I kind of expected them to be more out of the playoffs. Um, but they, they're 18 and 15. They're above 500 right now. Um, last 10 games, they're 7 and 3. So they're kind of, they're, they're doing well. Shea Gilders, Alexander looking like a steal in that Paul George trade yeah. with the Clippers. Killing it. CP3 hasn't slowed down a bit. Um, Danilo Gallinari, they have Steven Adams, they have Dennis Schroeder off the bench who's killing it. So I definitely didn't expect them to come out this well. Underachieving team, the Trailblazers. Yeah. The Trailblazers are 14 and 21. Like That's underachieving like crazy, because I, w- I would have said the I would have said that in some in some way the Jazz, but at least the Jazz are still winning. Yeah. Like, yeah, Portland, I, I totally 100% agree. Like, that's they're. It's really crazy that they're underachieving this the way was, that they this are. This was the same team that made it to the Western Conference uh, Finals. Huh. What? What? No, yeah, Western Conference. Yeah, Western Conference Finals against the Warriors, didn't they? Was it a couple years ago, maybe? Maybe. I think so. No, didn't they beat the. The Thunder. Oh no 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 no. No, that was the that was the series prior to that. Oh, okay yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know I know you're talking about yeah. But yeah. But yeah. They're a great team. Like they sent they sent home Paul George and uh. In embarrassing fashion. And Russell like, Westbrook. Yeah, Damian Damian Lillard is the reason that Paul George is on the Clippers right now. <laughs> like, exactly. It's crazy like to think about how they just underachieve like that. Mm-hmm. And in terms of. I guess, like, in the East, who, who would you say, like, which is really hard to say, like, is everybody going to choose in the East, but, like, who's, like, do you have a team? I said Philly, so do you have a team that you think is underachieving? Underachieving? Yeah. Underachieving? I mean, it's really tough, but I I, I guess I would ex- I expected the Hawks to do a little better. Mm-hmm. They're 7-21. and 21. They're dead last. 7-27, and 27, sorry. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. I mean, I would say, okay, there's two teams probably. I mean, I wouldn't count the Nets because Kyrie's hurt. He's been out for, like, a little over a month. Mm -hmm. So I would say the Bulls because I thought the Bulls would just – their young talent, such as Levine, Laurie Markkinen, Wendell Carter Jr., Mm uh, Kobe White. I thought all those guys would play well together and have a good season. They're one play. They're one. They're one spot out of playoffs. But so yeah. So the Bulls and then the Hawks. I just thought Trey Young and Trey Young would have that team a, a way higher. But well, we, John Collins. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that's, that's, say John that Collins. really hit them hard. Twenty five games without him. Like that's nuts. It, it really that really hurt their chances to do anything. I mean, it's good for them. Okay, like you have to think about it like kind of from their perspective as like a kind of 
middling-ish franchise that even if they lose, that's like one more pick they can get. Mm-hmm. And if it's because of a suspension, they can live with that versus them sucking. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. Like, it's it's so weird to watch. The, it, it, again, it's like, the, it's just the same thing as last year where, like, it's really, it, it's actually different than last year too because even when LeBron left for LA, Kawhi went east. Mm-hmm. So you still had, like, a really dominant player like over there besides Giannis. Now Kawhi's out west <laughs> again. Mm-hmm. So it's really weird judging the East the way it is right now. But it, it just seems like Milwaukee. It's gonna it's Milwaukee and then just a and then throw in whoever you want because they're just they're gonna. I feel like Milwaukee is gonna steamroll through the playoffs at this easily, point. Easily, easily. It's probably gonna be Milwaukee and Celtics. I would assume. Maybe. But I, I and I'm not I'm not even kidding. I wouldn't be surprised if Milwaukee like came close to sweeping to the playoffs through the playoffs to get to the finals. Like not I wouldn't I would say that they'll like they could lose a couple of games here and there. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be, if you told me they would go. What would that be? Twelve and zero, right? Twelve and zero to get to the finals. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I would be like, yeah, seems about right. Twelve and zero, yeah, or maybe eleven and one. I they, they just. So I guess like that would be just getting into, I kind of want to get into like maybe a top 10 and just like, so in general, I, I think like it's, I think what we can do instead of a top 10 is maybe like do tiers because it's easier to kind of like make tiers, tiers of teams that we think are like, like, like if we go tier three is like good teams kind of like on the verge of making playoffs, but not that great tier two teams that are really good but they're one step away from being title contenders and uh, potential dark horses are in tier two and then tier one would be like the elite like these guys are the winners like these one of these teams has to win okay so tier three i can see there are teams like i i I personally feel like teams like indiana brooklyn Utah, Oklahoma, like teams like that. I think I feel like they're in the they're the third tier where they're like they're good, they're really good, but they're not they're good teams, but they're not really good yet. Like they they they're not playing to the potential of being like considered like dark horse teams. Like, do you think that that's a fair assessment to say? Uh, yes. So the the weird thing about the the Nets is that they can they're a tier three. They're tier one team in a tier three teams like like body yeah. essentially, because they next year they're tier one for sure. Oh, this of course, year, Kevin Durant comes back with Kyrie Irving. They're gonna they're gonna tear. Like, yeah, but this year, yeah, tier three. I mean, tier three for sure. Um, who else would who else did you have in there? I, I had Indiana in there. I would do Indiana tier two. I mean, the only reason. It's just it's weird with Indiana. I would say I could see them as like a tier two team, especially with Oladipo. But like, it doesn't. Uh, for some reason, it just they don't feel they don't feel like over the top to me. Like mm-hmm. for I don't know what it is, and they're really good, and they're like they're a team that's so solid. It's crazy how solid they are. But at the same time, like I don't know what's holding them back. My tier two, there's and which is there's going to be a lot. And it's. You got you got teams like Utah, like a lot of the Western Conference teams. So Utah, Dallas, Denver, 
and teams like Philly, Toronto. Okay. I'm mis- I'm, I was mistaken. Okay, I was mistaken. I thought you were combined. I thought you were doing Western and Eastern. Eastern. You're combining. I'm combining them. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah. yes, in that case, Indiana is definitely a tier three. Okay. Yeah. So like, so yeah, so in my tier two would be Dallas, Denver, um, Miami. Like Philly and like teams like like and 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 I would I would say it's really weird because I would say at the top of that because this is where like they're at the crust right of like that tier, so like Boston, Toronto, and Houston to me are like are so close to being like tier one, tier one. Like as in I would expect those those teams to me would be my my dark horse teams to make the finals. Would would you put the Thunder in tier two? No, I I don't think so. I would. Really? Okay. I would put the Thunder in tier two. I, 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 for some reason, I just really like the way the Thunder are playing, you know? it's mm-hmm. They're not the flashiest team. They don't have the... They're not that deep, but they're competing. Mm-hmm. They're compete. They're, they're three games behind the Dallas Mavericks. Like, they're competing. I don't know. I just... I'm really shocked by the way they're playing. I'm really shocked. Um, but yeah, I would put them in the tier two. I think they earned it. I think they deserve it. Uh, or just people overlooking them just because it's CP3 and... Um, no, Steven Adams. I think they're a good team, but I also think like it's weird that the way that they position themselves, kind of like salary cap wise, and just like what they want out of the team. You know, they're a small market. Like I don't understand what they're going for. It's really, really odd. When you're a team like the Thunder, it's really hard. It's really hard because you're not making that much money. Um, you, you're in a, you're in a small market. You're not making that much money. You're you don't have enough to pay these players, which is why they had to like let players like they had to choose between a James Harden and an Ibaka, and then players get unhappy there and all this stuff. They're not they don't get the pieces. They're not able to become deep enough. They have to bring in young talent so they can win with young talent while they're on cheap salary while they're on cheap contracts. Right. But um. I don't know. They're, they're back to my point. They're just competing this year. They're really going hard. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see the argument for that, but I don't know. Like, but like, yeah. So like, my my in that tier two, like that top crust. I say like when I mean when I mean by dark horses, like these are the teams that would be like, wow, they made the finals and they could do it, which is essentially Denver. I mean, um, sorry, Houston and uh, Houston, Boston, and Toronto. I would say those three teams would be like. They, they, like, I wouldn't, it would be like, wow, that's a dark horse candidate to, like, somehow, some way get their way to the finals. Yeah. And then tier one, obviously, the elite Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, I would say, and even as a Laker fan, Bucks, they're on top. Like, they're playing at such an elite level right now that it's crazy. Where did you put the Nuggets? Uh, in tier two. Hmm. But not at the top of tier two. They ha- they're 23 and 10. Yeah, but I mean, they have a better record than the Mavs, the Jazz, the Rockets. I feel like Denver. It's weird with Denver because they're either really, really good or they just like they'll just lay down and die. And I don't, I don't know why. And it's really weird with them. But as much as I praise them and I think they can do it, I really, honestly think like Denver could be that kind of team. I just don't know how much like once once Jokic is not in his flow and Jamal Murray is just not doing well it's I don't I don't, I don't know what they're going for but yeah I I, I, I still say though those the Lakers Clippers Bucks Bucks being at the top and Lakers Clippers kind of being at the same level 
being like the the top tier teams like what would you say to that yeah yeah so top tier one bucks for sure celtics for sure lakers clippers and then i'd have to throw the nuggets in there just because of the record okay um yeah Man, uh, the Heat are 24-9. I don't know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> the Heat are 24-9, granted in the West. I mean, in the East, but... This just shows oh, how good, like... Man. That's how that's how, that's how how well-run the Heat are, in general. Like, shout-out to Coach Spolstra for being good at what he does. The goon. But, uh, yeah, so... Going into 2020, going to be a lot of good basketball coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, looking forward to this showdown in the Western Conference, conference between the Lakers and the Clippers. It's going to be a, it's going to be great. Let me. Let, when is their next game? When do the Lakers I and the Clippers play next? I think late January. Late January. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I, I know for sure their last game, their their last game against each other is in March. So uh, January twenty eighth, yeah. Okay. So January twenty eighth. That's ooh, that's gonna be on TNT. That's a good game, and then they play again in March. Yeah, on ABC on a Sunday. So yeah, so looking forward to the rest of the NBA season, guys. It's gonna be really great. Um, anything else? Any last comments, Gary? I think that it's this is turning out to be a really good season. As much as like. It's I, I say the one the the biggest surprise is uh, parody is still not a thing. Sorry mm. to all the people who thought parody was going to be a thing. It's still not a thing. The best teams are still the teams that we thought were going to be the best teams, and yeah. they're dominating. So did we all overreact to like all of this? To all the to us thinking that the duos this was like going to be like a duo. Oh yeah, hundred percent. We 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 overreacted. I think, and mm. I think that that parody is just dead and it can't ever exist in a sport like basketball but that's a that's a different longer topic conversation but i'm really excited for this season this is looking up to be looking to be like really fun yeah definitely all right guys thank you for listening in this is jb this is gary uh, d tell them where they could find us gary we are on anchor again shout out to anchor we really like the app we're not sponsored but please sponsor us anchor we'll be really <laughs> down for that oh uh, and you can find us mainly on apple Podcasts, and we're branching out to other platforms uh but again thank you guys so much for listening to us first show or one one a and one b show of the new year we're really happy with the way things are going and thank you guys for sticking with us listening to us and when nish comes back from from vegas asterisk henderson <laughs> this the show will get back on track and everything will be great so yeah thanks everybody for listening peace peace out